You are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick, Alex, I yield to no one, Steve, and Sid. Everybody and welcome to Show of Yours. This is episode four hundred and thirty-nine. I'm your host, Chicky Mick. Alongside with me, the man, the myth, the legend. It's Alex. Well, y'all, I have uh, I've I've dove into the Last of Us, and uh, the water is fine. How far are you without spoiling? Oh, I'm about two hours in. I, I just started today. All right. He brings the awesome. It's I yield to no one. I still have yet to purchase the Last of Us two. You are missing out, sir. Oh, I didn't say I wasn't going to purchase it. I just said I haven't purchased it. I know. Uh, and I have finished The Last of Us. You mean like so. Platinum did or just finished the story? Just finished the story. Um, you still got to find all those documents, don't you? Yeah, well, I have to find all the documents. I have to find all the workbenches. I have to find all the coins. Uh, basically all the collectibles. What is this, Uncharted? Uh, I will say, and... I'm, I, I'm I sure there's an Uncharted reference. Oh, there, there uh, is. There's numerous. a reference to Uncharted and Jack and Daxter within the first two hours. Um, this is not a spoiler. Uh, one of the most annoying trophies in the first one uh, is you have to do all the optional conversations. Yeah, actually, you don't. You do not have to do it this time. I'm still looking out for those, but I was wondering about that. I was trying to go up to everybody and see, like, even like stable hands when you get your horse for the first time. Right. When you get to Shimmer, I'm like. All right, which one of you fuckers is going to give me give me an optional conversation? There, there was one that I missed that like because it was uh it was one of those things where, <coughs> excuse me, it popped up, and then I went I went and uh, picked it up a collectible, and then when I uh, finished the collectible you know animation, I went back and the conversation was missed. I was like, fuck! Now I got to go back and play this game again just to get that. Well, you're gonna play it again anyway. Yeah, and the good thing about this game is also. Uh, you could do chapter select like Uncharted, so you don't have to play the entire game if you miss one collectible. You could just pick that uh, that section of the game, that chapter, get the collectible, and then you don't even have to finish the, the the chapter or hit a checkpoint. You can just come out because your collectibles are not necessarily saved to your profile. They're saved to the game. So you only have to get it once. And if you get in, because uh, I've already started my new game plus, uh, if you get to a collectible that you got in your first run through, it tells you you already have this one. So you know that when you're going through the second time, if you found a collectible that you didn't find before. I got oh, a question nice. for you, Tricky. Trophy related. Yes, sir. Go ahead. I didn't see it on the trophy list. I've looked down the trophy list. It doesn't look that bad. Very collectible heavy and like, you know, finding the workbenches and all that. But is there a difficulty trophy? Do you have to beat it on Survivor? There is not a difficulty trophy. Just beat it on whatever you got to beat it on. All right, because I know that I noticed that Survivor. At least it seemed to me when I was going down. I did it on. I started on normal, so I, I just or moderate. Um, I just like to go middle of the road. That's the way that you know. It, it seems that most games are meant to be played at least the first time through. So that's the one I picked. But I did see the Survivor was at least as I could tell unlocked from the start. Yeah, there's no difficulty trophy at all. You can play it whatever you want. I will tell you there is a section of the game where I dropped it down to the easiest difficulty. Because I just could not pass it, and I'm not going to say anything to you because it's a major spoiler. But 
I fear, Alex, you were going to do the exact same thing. Oh, when before oh. I started playing the game, I'm like, I am prepping for heartbreak because, like, just con- I don't know. I haven't watched a lot of media on it. No one spoiled anything for me, but just the context of what people like people's reactions. I'm preparing myself for major heartbreak. I'm just kind of clinching for it to happen. Well, I I will tell you this. Uh, I I stayed away from all social media while I was playing the game. Well, no, I take that back. I, I was very cautious on social media while I was playing the game because with the leaks and everything happened, um, I knew leaks happened, but now that I finished the game, I went back. I know what the leaks exposed, and while that is a major spoiler, it's kind of what we knew already. So, the, I, I've read all the criticisms. I've heard all the... People bitching, complaining. Um, Writing petitions you signed the pe- to, to you change the You signed the petition story. to change the story? Yeah. No, I didn't change. No, I'm not because... saying you did that, but you posted something in the Trophy Horse chat or the Facebook group yeah. about people wanting to do that. Right, because, and and honestly, I'd love to have that conversation with you guys because of how ridiculous it is. But I, obviously, I cannot have that conversation with you guys because... In order to have that conversation, I need to explain what needs to be changed. And if I explain what needs to be changed, then it spoils the game. Yeah. But I I will tell you, I've read the criticisms. Now that I've finished the game and been through it and experienced all the emotions, I will tell you, I understand what the criticisms are for, but they are bullshit. Because when you, not to plug another show, but... I watched the kind of funny games cast, uh, spoiler cast, and on that cast they had Neil Druckmann, uh, Asher Johnson, and Troy Baker on. And Neil Druckmann, uh, I'm not going to say he fully defended every decision in the game, but when you hear him explain it, it makes so much sense in the way they did it and what they did. Um, But... From the outside looking in, just knowing you two gentlemen, I'm going to say that Alex is not going to have too much of a problem with the game. Yield, you are probably going to have a little bit of an issue with the way the story went. Oh, really? And again, I can't tell you why. Oh, yeah. But. I feel like I'm not, listening to an Eagles song. And, and, and I want to be clear. It's not a bad game. I'm not upset with the way things are done. I'm upset with things that have happened, but not because I'm pissed off because Neil Druckmann took the story in this direction. I'm just upset with the way certain things went down. Hmm. You know, and you mentioned Neil Druckmann's name. Like, I will say that, you know, when they were doing the opening scroll of, like, all the people involved in the project, not everybody, but some of the major players, the kind of the head honchos when it comes to making this game, I was, you know, I spent a lot, like, I was kind of looking for Neil Druckmann's name because Neil Druckmann has caught a lot of shit and lead up to the release of this game and ever and some of the turmoil that's happened in Naughty Dog, that dude's name was buried pretty deep. I think it was actually the last name that you see in I, I don't know if the, the proper name is the title card, but the opening roll of the credits. No, his, his name was actually first. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. It was very. It, because no, because when they get into town, riding the horses into town, you see Evan Wells, the president of Naughty Dog, and then after that, you see Neil Druckmann. I didn't actually see his name first because I was looking for it. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I'm, okay. Not there, I, see. I say credits, and that's usually after like the credits roll at the end of something. But I don't know what to call it. The opening scroll, um, for like right before the title card of the last part two, the intro part. Well, 
what from what I understand and from what I read, um, and I, I I stand corrected because first the the first three names are uh, that are listed are the three main characters. Uh, then it's uh, Evan Wells, which I didn't no, know. No, Evan that. Wells is late. He's right before Druckmann. But the first two were names that were that I did not recognize. I thought Neil Druckmann's name was before the two names you did not recognize. No, Neil Druckmann comes after Evan Wells, and Evan Wells is the second to last name you see in the beginning. Okay, I because it's it's, it's when remember... Joel is riding into town. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about, and I'm just I'm remembering it different differently from you. I you know I'm not gonna. Okay, well, it's, it's, it's not a huge thing, but I just I thought it was interesting that his name was buried when he had been he had caught so much shit for you know like part of it was ego like a lot of people kind of assumed that he had a big ego and then like all these other names pop up before him. Well, okay, I, I get your point now, but it's also the he didn't write the game by himself. He did it with I, I'm trying to remember. I think it's Kelly Gross. Well, there were two like I, I like other like. Members of the directorial team, they were the first two mentioned, right. but it wasn't it wasn't Druckmann. He wasn't one of them. I, I know. Oh, Druckmann what, a, was... what about the guy who left Naughty Dog? that helped him do the first one. Bruce Straley. Yeah, he's not mentioned he's in there because thank... he wasn't part of the project. Yeah, but he he's thanked in the in the ending credits. Ah, uh, okay. I was gonna say because I, I very thought, heavily. I was gonna say I thought he he had a very influence on the game. I would think. And also, I didn't know that Kristoff. I don't not, not pronounce his name. The other president of Naughty Dog, I didn't realize he left Naughty Dog in 2017. Yeah, I think I remember something about that that he left because all you ever hear about is Evan anymore. Well, there there have been well, Evan's been there from the start pretty much. Uh, I'm trying to look up the other uh, writer's name right now. Uh, I keep spell keep misspelling. Uh, I think it's Kelly Gross. Is it Kelly Gross? Haley Gross. Well, at least she had the last name right. Um. So yeah. But I will tell you that if you've played The Last of Us and you have finished the story, go watch the kind of funny gamescast spoiler cast because they have all three of them on there. Um, and not I'm not gonna say you're gonna agree with every decision that was made. Um, I certainly don't. But he does back up why he made those decisions. And it makes sense in the grand scheme of things. Well, it is Naughty Dog's creation. It is Neil Druckmann's creation. And, and however they decide to take the story, when you play a game like this, we have no agency in it. So we're, we're watching a story unfold. So whether you like it or not, that is what they have given to us. Uh, the other direct, there are three directors, Neil Druckmann, Anthony Newman, and Kurt uh, Marginal, uh, or Marginu. Uh, Anthony and Kurt were the first two mentioned in the opening scroll. Okay. Uh, all right. We are 12 minutes into the show, and we have to get going. Uh, let's do our updated trophy count. I am level 56, total trophies of 13,158 with 242 Platinums. Alex? Level 31 with 6,961 total trophies. I hope that includes the one trophy I've gotten in Last of Us Part Two, And 103 Platinums in 102 games. That sounds like you have a new Platinum. 103 and 102? No, the last one I got was Crash Team Racing. Because I'm sure not going to get the Streets of Rage 4 Platinum. I, I, for some reason, I'm always pitching you saying 102 and 101. I, I did uh, say that have... for the longest time. Because I think it was from Maybe. God of War to Crash Team Racing. Yield? Yes. Would you like me to do my trophies? 
I could take it or leave it. Oh, okay. See, Alec could take it or leave it. You should, you should, because I got a new platinum this week. But I'm a level 30 with a trophy count of 6595 and a platinum count of 109. And what you do, platinum, sir? Valley. Valley? Valley. That was the name of the game. Valley. Okay. All right. Never heard of it. It's a PSN game. Okay. And Sid is level 41, total trophies of 9,817 with 171 platinums. Uh, so let's get into what we're playing. Uh, Alex, obviously you've been playing The Last of Us 2. Yes, sir. How'd you know? Because we were just talking about it. Oh, okay. Okay, so uh, Last of Us Part 2, obviously I'm about two hours in, I uh, so I haven't played a ton but uh, I'm excited to play more based on what I've played um, as a Last of Us fan uh, and as a Naughty Dog fan overall. Uh, I like where they are right now. I like how they came into this game. Uh, I like how they open it. They, you know, they don't just throw you into the fire. There is some nice like, hey, here's a reminder of what happened. Hey, here's where they are now. Here's some introdu- introduction to the new connections they've made. Here's where they're living. Like, there's a very like nice, easy pace to the beginning before you get into some of the more thrilling like tense like heart pounding sections so i definitely like that um you do get some action in the first two hours so uh there's i don't know from the very start like there's a serenity to the game and the world and like some kind of a peace but then very early on they remind you just like you see in dilapidated buildings or like it's like okay the world is still pretty shitty but uh you know there there is a nice kind of peacefulness to the early start of the game and just be able to like lock back in with the characters and reconnect with them early on without having a bunch of shit to like raise your pulse like that that was very nice and i like how they entered into the story in this game and started mixing things in um new characters and such so um i'm you know i know that ellie is kind of the main focal point of this game and i'm 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 all in for that because you know joel was the kind of the centerpiece of the first game and how his um kind of tutelage or his like uh position as a father to Ellie kind of like led her along in her growth and now she's older and uh, I- I'm ready for for more Ellie and to see how she grows as a person you know um, I obviously like having Joel there still as kind of a, a mentor and a father figure but um, you know I'm I'm all aboard for Ellie being the main character so um, but yeah like the they do bring in some of the action very early on but um, I do like how they weave so much of the story into the game before they throw you into the fire. So I, I like where we're heading. Um, again, there I may have some issues with what's coming up based on you know what the internet has said. I haven't read any of it, but obviously I know there's some controversial stuff coming up. Um, but from where I am right now, like it's it's a you know a, another um, great start for Naughty Dog and their form of storytelling. All right, yield. I've been playing World of Warship Legends, working on my bureau stuff. And uh, Ghostbusters Remastered, working on uh, getting the platinum for that. I got to start my uh, hard playthrough, and then I'll have to do another playthrough for $100,000 damage. You mean causing less than $100,000 damage? Causing less than $100,000, yeah. Uh, I got the $3 million one, and I, try, I tried to shortcut it. I, I jacked the difficulty at, to professional, jumped to the last chapter, to the boss fight, and, and beat it, and that didn't give me the trophy. So I was like, oh, darn. 
I gotta play it, play it a second and third time. They thought about it. Yeah, I thought about it. I tried it. Well, they they know what you were thinking about, what all those dirty trophy hunters were thinking about. So uh, that, that's right. They they put a blockade right there. And then uh, I have uh, been playing the game Valley. It was a uh, it was a PSN game released in 2016 by Blue Isle Studios. And what what is Valley all about? So it's a first person game. Combat's really non-existent and uh you get a you find a kind of like a mech suit makes you run faster makes you jump farther and they have this thing called a quantum death and when you die you are brought back to life from the life in the valley. So animals, trees, whatever, die to bring you back. But you, if you have, uh, what is it called, Amoridi energy, you can go around and the things that are dead, you can bring them back to life. Necromancer as, style. As you give life back to the valley, then that in turns makes sure that you don't die. Because when you die, you take life from the valley. So it, it was an interesting little game. I thought, what the hey? I saw it on the cheap a few years ago. And I thought, you know what? It kind of sounds interesting. I'll pick it up. And then the other day, I was like, I need to play something I haven't played in a while. Or, you know, I want to play something new. I'm like, I've had this game sitting around for a while. Let's try it. The, the whole the bringing only- the valley back to life reminds me a little bit of Okami. Although Okami didn't have a mechanic where your death took life from the valley, so there is an added part there. But like that, the game itself, like it sounds really cool, and I and I like, um, like I, I like that whole concept there of of like give and take. Like you can give life back to it, but you can also take away. But the name, the valley, like could they not have come up with something better than that to sell the game? Well, because like that's the kind of a name like. You know, if you read a description, you see a, a screenshots or a video. It's like, yeah, okay, I may be down for this. But if you just see a name, and a lot of may, people may just see a name, like you pass that kind of name up. Yeah, it it does take place in a valley, so I I understand why they called that. But yeah, it, well, that's like naming Bioshock name... under sea. Yeah. Um. What was the oh? The only setback I had for the game was. There, there's no I difficulty. Plays. You know, you just you just play the game. There, it, it's I won't say collectible heavy, because it's not an overly long game. But I'll, I, I, that's what I'm going to say. The collectibles that you have to get in the game, you have to get full power. You have to, uh, they call them acorn doors. You got to find all the acorn doors, and you have to find all the upgrades to your suit. And then there's one finding eight pages, that is an homage to one of their older games. Eight pages. Anyway, uh, Slenderman's coming for you. So, the problem with that is, is there's no tracking system in the game for what you found, what you haven't found, and, you know, like per chapter or all together. So, I played the game, and I do like I always do. I played through the game to enjoy it. I got done. Oh, wow, that was a fun game. Okay, now it's time to go back and get the Platinum. Well, there's nothing that tells you, oh, you missed 
three collectibles in this level and yada yada. So, okay. So I pulled up a a walkthrough and chapter by chapter, I would watch the walkthrough for a little bit and I'd walk, oh, I don't think I found that. I'd walk over and I'd collect stuff. I get all the way to the end of the game and I have found all my collectibles except for one energy canister. So I... Obviously, I must have missed one. I must have fast forward in a, in a part of a chapter that I'm like, oh, I've, I've played this. I know what I'm doing. So I start all over because there's no way of knowing where I missed it. So I play through a couple of chapters, and I'm disgusted at this point. You know, you're, you're, you're sitting on the goal line, and you're, you're, you, you can't cross. So I see this video that said this one chapter revisited it was like a minute 10. I thought, you know what? What do I got to lose? I watched it and I'm like, oh, there's my missing canister. So I'm glad I watched it because for the longest time I kept seeing it pop up on my search and I'm like, I'm not watching it. I'm, it, I'm not watching this. I'm not watching, you know, I'm not watching this because <laughs> why, why would I watch a minute and a, ten, you know, a minute 10 video? And then when I got so fed up, I'm like, all right, what do I got to lose? And I watched it and I'm like, I'm an idiot. Sometimes it's the simplest thing. It is, and it well, it made sense because the video that I followed, and it was a, I, I was watching this one guy's videos because every time you went to go collect a medallion, or a page, or a capacitor, or whatever, he would put it in the corner of the screen. Okay, this is what we're going for next, and it's number five, number six, yada yada. He labeled, you know, numbered it every every chapter all the way through. I'm like, okay. That sounds like power P-O-I-X. You know, I'm like, oh, no, it wasn't him. It was somebody else. But I'm like, But that's oh. what he does. I like that. And I'm like, okay, cool. This is awesome. And then went all the way through the game, and we're, we're one energy capacitor short. And I, that's what led me to believe that, well, maybe I maybe in a chapter I fast forward and I skipped one. You know? So I'm like, well, I got to pay attention to the numbers. And then... Like, man, I gotta play through this whole thing again, and it's just, I was dejected. I'm like, well, I'll just watch this other dude's video for a minute ten, and yeah, it, you you, you have to beat the game, almost beat the game, basically, to be able to get this last energy capacitor. So, but anyway, I enjoyed the game. If you're looking for something just kind of story-based, really light on combat, I recommend it. All right, and I have been playing. Obviously, I finished The Last of Us Two. I uh, played a little bit of Rock Band Four. Oh yeah, uh, and I played a little Rock Band Four. Did you? I did today. Yes, I did. I was trying to figure oh. out what I got. I got off of work. Had to work today. It's Sunday, uh-huh. and I I did my work World of Warships, and then I'm like, man, what do I want to do? I'm like, I don't know. So I fired up Rock Band, and I'm a little I'm a little disappointed. My guitar seems to be on the fritz. Ah. When, 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 when I tilt it, my my overdrive power kicks in. But every time I tilt it... You miss a note. It registers... Yeah, it, it, it quits notes. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? It's it's not the guitar. I had the same problem when I started playing Rock Band 4. Was it, is it something in an update or something? No, there there's, there's something in your room... That is now interfering with the Bluetooth. Oh. Well, and it's good. I mean, that's easily, it, somewhat easily fixable, but I thought my guitar well, was going bad. 
Well, I mean, it is possible your guitar's going bad, but I knew that it was something because the same like I have um like I have the LS41 Lucid Sound headphones that okay. are, you know, uh th- those are Bluetooth. Yeah. I noticed that as I was playing rock band, because I put the the headphones on, because the cool thing about these headphones is they run through the optical drive. Yeah. So you can actually put the headphones on, and sound still comes out of the TV. Where if you use another headset, like a Sony headset, you'll notice that like when you put on a headset, there's no more sound coming out of the TV. Yeah, that's kind of a bummer at times. So with with this headset... I can listen to the game, and when I play Rock Band with the Goddess or I play with Sweet Mama D, I put the headphones on because I like listening to the music loud. Like, I, I'm one of those people that, like, if I listen to music, I want it loud. I want it in my face. The louder, so put, the better. Right. So I put the headset on, t- crank it up, and then I noticed that I was starting to miss notes on easy songs. And it went on for like two, three weeks. And I start and I started thinking because I also have the, the Pax exclusive Rock Band Four guitar that you can't, you know, you can't find anymore. I got it at Pax. Uh, I paid for it at Pax, and then when Rock Band Four came out, they bailed me the guitar. Um, so I'm now I'm getting pissed because I'm thinking like oh, I got a defective guitar. Good luck find good luck finding one. I looked them up today. They're like three fifty four hundred dollars. Right. Well, yeah, the, the guitars, like normal guitars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I was pissed because I knew, like, I wanted this guitar and I knew it couldn't be replaced. And then one time I was playing and I didn't put the headphones on because I was I was home alone. Nobody was around. So I cranked up the TV. No put no reason to waste the battery on the headset. I hit every note perfectly. And, I, and it clicked in my head. I went, hmm, let me try something. So I put the headset on. Played the exact same song. I was missing one out of every 20 notes. Okay. And I knew it wasn't me. So I just have to figure out. Because at first, I mean, sometimes when I don't play for a while, songs that I normally do really well at, even on expert or hard, I miss some. Okay, my fingers aren't warmed up. I'm, I'm out of practice. No big deal. But then I play for a bit, and I'm still missing some notes. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I know I got that section. Right. Yeah, there's something in your room that's interfering with the uh, Bluetooth technology. Okay. All right, I just got to figure out what it is. Yep. Okay. Uh, what else? Uh, now I got to open my phone again. Uh, I've been playing some uh, Minecraft Dungeons, uh, which is making my daughter happy because uh, I can't stand Minecraft, but she loves Minecraft. But this is more of uh, Diablo with Minecraft characters. So, uh, and I've been playing NASCAR Heat 4. And Yield, I'm going to need you to get up, help me get the platinum for that. Oh, yeah? Why is that? Because there is couch co-op with NASCAR Heat 4. So what? You gotta, I have to have the game? Or are you going to share it? Or I'm going to share play with you. You're just going to use the other controller. We're going to run uh, four races. And uh, I just have to win the championship at the end. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. Then all I got to do... Okay, this will give me a chance to see if I actually like the Heat games. Correct. Um, I will tell you, uh, your fears of the damage are not 
fixed in this game. Oh, I I know. For that, that's been my thing with all the NASCAR games is, and it's probably not going to be fixed in NASCAR Heat Five either. I, I I I've watched some guys I was following YouTube videos for for Wreckfest before Wreckfest came out. They're they're big, you know, you know, say they're big racing guys, and they post heat videos, and they're like, oh, look at this wreck. You know, and you see this awesome wreck, and they hit, and they flip. And then they were in on the next 80, lap. 80 feet in the air, and they land on the tires, and they just keep on driving. And I'm like, that's, no. No, you're done. You're totaled. <laughs> DNF. That's a spectacular crash, but you're done. Like, I saw yeah. one, this one guy, I, this one video, there was a big crash. I don't know if it was at Daytona or what. Big crash coming to the finish line out of four. And the guy, like, does a flip, lands on his tires, everybody else is wrecking in front of him. He drives by everybody and wins. I'm like, no, that doesn't happen. You're that's, done. That's not how this works. That's not, that's exactly. not how any of this works. <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, yeah. I I mean, I I will tell you I am enjoying the game. Um, now, can you play all the series? Can you do Truck, Xfinity, and Cup? Yes, and they also have the Dirt Series, too. Oh, do they? That'd be kind of cool. But the, obviously, the Dirt Series is not uh, a, a NASCAR sanctioned thing. Uh, and you get to play as Tony Stewart on the... Um, dirt. Dirt, thank you. So One of those kind of a tie-in to his game. Well, he's also running dirt tracks now uh, in real life. Well, yeah, I know that, but he came out with a... It, it, it's, it's a P... Well, I mean, it hurts Xbox, but it's a download game. Uh, oh, Tony is it Stewart, him? Tony Stewart something. And it, is it, it Tony Stewart? Yeah. Or I thought it was somebody else. No, it's Tony Stewart, and it, it, it's an outlaw racing. CJ plays it, or played it. Gotcha. But but, but I I kind of thought about well, that'd be kind of cool, kind of you know outlaw dirt racing. Yeah, see, I, I like I'm not an expert on it, but I think the physics on the dirt tracks are just a little off. Oh yeah, you, you slide a yeah, little too you, much. You, I don't think you slide enough. Oh, so you drive? You could drive like a normal racetrack instead of the rear. You got to chase the rear end all the way around the track. Right. So that's what you're supposed to do with dirt. So, uh, I mean, but then again, I'm no expert in racing on dirt or anything like that. I I don't, never watched really a lot of dirt races, so they're I can't cool. really speak. They're cool on to it. watch. But it's a pain in the ass to drive. Oh, I'm sure it is. You really got to be a willman to drive one of those. But they're kind of cool to watch because w- watch a guy slide into the corner and let's say he takes a bad angle. The dude goes flying by on the outside and you're like, oh, he's done. And then by the time they come around to the start finish line, here, back he, here he comes making a run out of nowhere. And it's like, that's kind of cool. I mean, it looks rubber bandish. But, I mean, you really got to know what you're doing. Because if a guy does check out, he does check out. I'm just surprised that uh, Tony Stewart's running dirt races again in real life because... Well, yeah, after what happened. Yeah, I mean, that that was that's what basically stopped him from racing. Like, he was like... He, he admitted he got shook after that and well, didn't well, want to race anymore. Well, that and breaking his back. That too. That didn't help. Uh, all right, so... We are officially 32 minutes into the show. Okay, let's talk about video games. Well, before we go into video games, I okay. have one more question for you. All right, maybe I have an answer. And this... this, Okay, I want to preface this by saying I mean no disrespect or insults or anything like that when I ask this question because I understand it, this is going to be a touchy question. Uh-oh. 
well, The Last of Us 2 was praised for all its accessibility options. There's actually a video of a guy out there that is disabled. I don't know what's wrong with him, and it's never really explained in the video. But he was brought to tears by all of the accessibility options inside of the game that allowed him to be able to play the game. This, which this is very, was the Push Square story, wasn't it? I think it was Push Square. Um, so, while Naughty Dog should be praised a lot for all the accessibility options in the game, the accessibility options also make uh, it easier for us to play the game. And when I say us, I mean, you know, undisabled people. Is it immoral to use the accessibility options to make the game easier for yourself? Like, is that crossing a line? Wait. I think I know where you're going. Ask that question again. Okay. Let me give you an example. Okay. There's an option There's an option in the game where uh, you can toggle something so... The enemies don't try to flank you and they won't get behind you because it's not easier for a disabled person to be able to do a 180 and take a shot. So there's an option that changes the AI so they only stay in front of you. There's another option where you're climbing across the board and you have to balance yourself. Uh, the, and, you know, normal options, you could fall off. You can change the option to you never fall off, making it easier for somebody that may have a hand uh, disability that may not be able to balance properly they can still pass that part without, you know, having to die over and over again because they can't quite get the balance right because their hand's disabled. Okay, I got you. So my question being is if you use these options to make the game, like if I put the game on Survivor, but I enable all these accessibility options, you make is, that immo- right, is that immoral? Right, uh, like, is that immoral? No, okay, because I don't, so- I don't think you're like applying for like say uh like you're parking in a handicap spot when you don't necessarily need that spot or you're applying unnecessarily for um some kind of benefits that you know handicapped people um or you know disabled people would get but you know you're perfectly capable of you know almost anything you know i i you know i I would see that as immoral like presenting yourself as that and trying to get a benefit when you're not disabled or handicapped but in a video game where you can jack it down to easy or something like that, I I, I don't necessarily think so. It's I mean it's a video game like if you if you glean some kind of pride from beating a game on its easiest level or you know make it easy for yourself and that's how you want to play the game that's fine. Um, you know having that benefit in there for people who you know um, are handicapped and you know may struggle to play a you know a normal like a, a game at like normal settings like i think that's fantastic and you know naughty dog should be applauded for that but if someone else who you know is um fully capable of playing a game on normal wants to, to do that I, I you know it's not the same as applying for benefits like from the government or something saying that oh i'm handicapped when you're actually not like you just <laughs> if you if you want to play the game that way that that's fine it's it's put in there you Yield, you were saying something? So I was going to kind of along the lines of what Alex is saying. Um, it's in the game, so so therefore it's not necessarily cheating or whatever. Uh, all that you're really doing is if you do that, and then I feel that you are, if, if you're capable of doing it, if, if you're a gamer, like I will say, like us, and you're capable of doing 
all of that. You don't have to put in the, I'm probably going to say this wrong, the handicap enabled options. The accessibility options. Okay, accessibility options. Thank you. And you do that to help you get through the game. I, I feel that you're you're all you're doing is cheating yourself. The, the reason I raised this question up is because, obviously, when I finished The Last of Us 2, I went and looked at the trophy list, and then, obviously, I looked up a trophy guide to find all the collectibles. And I'm sure that one of the, or not requirements, the uh, advice from the guide was turn all these on. Turn two of them on. There's an option which you can, uh, I, I don't know exactly what the settings are. I can't remember. But there's one option that basically... Uh, Changes the color of the screen that you could just you basically just flick uh, left on the touchpad, yeah. and it changes it where the important characters, uh, you know, obviously Ellie uh, and all of your companions, they're blue. Any collectible is gold. Any so enemy is red. So it's easier to stop spot stuff. Correct. So. Uh, and you can easily turn that on, like I said, by just swiping left. You know, once it's enabled in the options menu, you can easily uh, toggle it on and off by just swiping left on the touchpad. The other thing they suggested you do is, uh, for people having a hard time locating collectibles, there's an option which you can go into listen mode. And then as you're holding down R1 to go into listen mode, you can hit a button which sends out, a, a, a pulse like a radar up 30, right up to 30 meters and then it highlights where the collectible is well see like if you're if but, you're going to toggle that stuff on especially in the first situation play the, and you know and you don't necessarily need them you're just trying to make it easier for yourself play through the game once normally and then go chapter select and if anything you had trouble finding just turn that stuff on and find it that way well see my the reason I'm raising this question is because I in the suggestions is to turn these two things on. I'm thinking like I'm I'm using an option designed to make this game easier for other people just to get a trophy. Like yeah. it, it kind of made me feel a little dirty. Yeah, That's why you, I'm you using questions. that doesn't mean they can't use it. It's not like this option can only be used a certain number of times by a certain number of people. Everyone can use it. And like Yield said, if you if, if you want to play that way, it may change your experience, but it's not changing the experience for anyone else. It's like it's not like you're getting governmental benefits for claiming that you um, need certain accessibility options when you don't really. I don't. Know. I I just felt a little dirty when I was doing it. So. It's it's the same as why wouldn't it be the same as like going to watch a video and telling you exactly where something is? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. And like I said, you doing that doesn't prevent other people from doing it. It has no other. It doesn't hamper anybody else's gameplay experience. All right, let's get into our topics. 40 minutes into the show. Uh, last week, we reported that The Last of Us 2 is the fastest selling PlayStation 4 exclusive ever. Uh, again, that was actually officially confirmed by Sony uh, this week. Uh, it has officially sold over 4 million copies as of June 21st, 2020, making it the fastest selling PlayStation 4 exclusive ever. Senior Vice President of PlayStation Worldwide at SIE, Eric LaPelle took the PlayStation blog to reveal the milestone, all but confirmed that The Last of Us 2 has surpassed Marvel Spider-Man as the fastest-selling exclusive for Sony PlayStation 4 in its first three days. 
Neil Druckmann, vice president of Naughty Dog and director of The Last of Us 2, also shared a message uh, saying, quote, We are immensely grateful to the millions of fans around the world that have played The Last of Us and shared their experience with us over the last week. We set out to tell a new kind of story, one that detail that deals with difficult themes and would challenge you in unexpected ways. Hearing how the experience has resonated with so many of you and witnessing the type of thoughtful discussions it has sparked uh, has been so incredible. We've also been inspired by your cre- creativity, whether it's your gorgeous photo mode shots, jaw-dropping gifts, or the song you recorded using Ellie's guitar. The Last of Us 2 has made it possible for, thanks to the efforts of the hundreds and talented passionate developers here at Naughty Dog. We can imagine no greater honor than seeing that same passion mirrored by people playing it. Thank you for helping us reach this amazing milestone. All right. Well, I didn't know if we needed to read all of that, but uh, I will say <laughs> that, that that guitar like sequence early on that Joel's playing, that's the first time I've used the um, the touchpad Touch in years. <laughs> um, uh, but it was it was a nice use yeah. of the touchpad for the moment that, that you were using it. But, um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a beloved – like it's the follow-up to a beloved game. It had a ton of hype for it. Naughty Dog again has a, a reputation for being a fantastic game developer, so this is this is not surprising, and it's it's certainly well earned, regardless of you know what people think of the, the story. I mean, th- again, this is Naughty Dog's story to tell, and we're here just to take it in. Also, uh, it was confirmed, or well, in inside of the kind of funny games cast, uh, it was asked uh, by a listener, uh, "Are there any plans for DLC for the game?" Neil Druckmann said, no, with The Last of Us, I think we had some season pass or something that's ahead of time that we have some story DLT. There's no plans for that now. You know, I know the first game had DLC that kind of expanded upon Ellie's character, and that was great. Was it No Way Back or something like that? Uh, Left Behind. Behind. Sorry, that was way off there. But uh, I played that, and I enjoyed it, and, and getting to know Ellie a little more was great. But it's also a DLC I felt like we didn't need. Because like there was so much character and so much story within The Last of Us and so much development of that relationship and Ellie as a person that, I mean, I feel like with, with Naughty Dog games, I don't need DLC because I get everything I need from the main story. Well, uh, that poses the question. Like, I, I know we've kind of like touched on this in previous episodes, but just in general, not with just, just The Last of Us 2 Part 2, but... Would you guys prefer DLC for a game that you loved, or would you rather them actually hold back that story content and make a new game? Depends on what your story you're telling. I don't think you need to hold anything back. Just put it all in the main game. Like, Horizon is another example. They released the Frozen Wild, and quite frankly, I didn't need that either. Like, I got enough from the main game where I didn't necessarily need more story content. I was happy just waiting for a sequel. Well, look at look at The Last of Us Part... Or, well, I say Part 1, but this is The Last of Us. Like, technically, we didn't need Left Behind. I think, honestly, they could have made a whole game out of that. Just expanded the story a little bit. Like, in that case, would you rather them not release that as DLC or actually fully release a game? I don't think they could have made an entire game out of it. And I don't think it would fit within this game because it's in in part two because it's Ellie when she was so much younger. I, I don't know. I feel like... We like I said, we didn't need it, but it was nice to see more of that character. Um, well, see, and see, Neil Druckmann kind of made it seem like they only made Left Behind because they announced the season pass for The Last of Us, and they felt obligated to give us a game. It sounded like, at least in my interpretation, it honestly sounded like he didn't even want to make Left Behind. 
but they had to make it because they promised it with a season it was, pass. It was well done, but it was unnecessary. Because even some of the things you learn about well, Ellie it, in that content, you would figure out by now in the in part two. Yield, you were saying something? Well, it, as good as it was, it, it was short. You know what I'm saying? I mean, when, I got it, you. When, when it was over, it was like, oh, that was it. I mean, it was good, but it was like, oh, that was it. And kind of like what Alex said, it we could have done without it. And honestly, as much as I enjoyed Frozen Wilds, you didn't really need it because it didn't really overly expand on the story any. It was just now you get to go to a northern part and and kill a few different monsters. And it's kind of funny because I was replaying the Horizon a couple weeks ago, and without even knowing it, I started a Frozen Wilds mission. Oh, you went far enough north. Yeah, and I it just never occurred to me. And all of a sudden, in the menu, it goes, oh, Frozen Wilds. I went, oh, that's a Frozen Wilds mission. All right, let's move on. Uh, Tokyo Game Show 2020 uh, is going to be taking place online and will be taking place uh, beginning Wednesday, September 23rd, and ending September 27th on Sunday. So if you're interested in Tokyo Game Show, uh, pay attention to those news, and obviously we'll give you a little bit of a... You know, the news here, I'm letting you know when's going to happen, what's going to happen. Uh, and I love these digital press conferences, stuff I can just watch from my phone on, like, break at work or, like, when I get home on the computer. Like, I, I'm going to be honest. I, I like I, I like the in-person, like, stuff like PAX 2. That is a lot of fun. But, man, that stuff loses the magic once you've been before. And if you go back for a second time, it just doesn't hold the same thing. And just the, the convenience of being able to watch it on a small screen, like, oh, God, I love that shit. I love the Nintendo Directs. Yeah, see, and I, I like these too, but I there's something missing with a with a, a a stage performance, like the the listening to the audience react to like a, a news story or something like that. So, I uh, obviously we'll you know we'll keep we'll keep you informed of what's going on here, and also being that this is September, this is probably going to be the last time we get news on either the. Uh, Series X or the PlayStation 5 right before their launches. So, Well, is Microsoft usually a Tokyo game show? Because they've never had a huge presence in Japan. I I say that, but I, I don't know. But I'm just saying, with, the, with it being at the end of September, and we're expecting the consoles in October or November, this is probably the last time that last-minute news could come out. Well, all, yeah, but we, as we talked about before, that. like you figure when they have when they release that information on their console, you figure they want to be able to control it and like the flow of information and like the focus, and they want to have the focus on their console. So they would probably release that kind of stuff outside of a big show like that, so it doesn't get lost in the eddy, uh, the swirling waters of news that is something like Tokyo Game Show. Although, if it's a really unfavorable price point. Like we're worried that Sony might attach to the PlayStation <laughs> Five. They might want it to get lost in all the news of Tokyo Game Show. So that's what I was gonna say. I've, Sony's price point announced at Tokyo Game Show. I seriously doubt they're gonna announce the price point a month ahead of time. Think I think we're gonna get. I think we're gonna get the price point within the next week or two. Honestly, but, uh, but I think longer. it will not be just. A, they're not gonna just announce the price alone. They're gonna release some other stuff, uh, some other news for it. Because like I said. They released like a lot of great games and got people excited, and then they're gonna talk about some other features, and then they'll drop the the price because again, this is gonna be a premium price. It's gonna be high. We know it. It's gonna be higher than what they sold the four at. At least that's that's what Yield and I think. 
So yeah. um, I, I think they're going to attach a lot of positive news to it before they release the, the, the price. Because it's like, hey, we're giving you guys all of this, and all you have to do is pay $500. You'll go out and get a second job to buy our console. Uh, what you will not need a second job for is the PlayStation 5 version of Marvel's Avengers. Holy and shit, Tricky did a segue proper. I know, and I bet you he's all oozing over this. Someone ate his was and put on you his both PF flyers today. His war, he's all warm and fuzzy. I was feeling good until you both interrupted <laughs> it. Give, you know what? You have given us so much shit for giving you so much shit over the years that we actually just praised you and you're for doing a shit. good segue, and you're like, oh, you guys stop me, blah, shit. blah, blah. You know what? You did a good segue. Take the compliment and run with the ball. Put your PF flyers on, tighten them laces, and run with this thing. Marvel's Avengers is officially coming to PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X when the consoles launch this holiday. Those who purchase the game for the PlayStation 4 or Xbox One, either physically or digitally, will be able to upgrade to the respective next-gen version free of charge. So I'm interested to know how you do that if you buy it physically. I'm assuming... It, you take it back to the store and get a... No, you probably get a code with it. Oh, I, I, okay. I'm thinking what's going to happen is everything that you buy physically that they're announcing is being upgraded to the next-gen version for free is you're going to get a digital code. Like, now, see, if you buy, buy it physically for the 4, you're going to get it digitally for the 5. Okay, so I... I I think this is really awesome, but I'm going to be a Debbie Downer on this point. Go ahead. I I don't overly see the point in it. Uh, and maybe it's just the way that I play my games. If I buy it for the four, okay, I'm going to play it on the four. You know, you know, okay. what, I, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm not going to sit there and and be like, oh. I started on the four. Now I'm gonna. I mean, I guess you can upload and re-download your save, but I'm just I'm not gonna finish it on the five. I, I think well, that okay. the point here yield is that you're buying a game that you can essentially play on two consoles. So even if you don't use that second copy, you're not paying extra for that copy for the five or the Xbox Series X. Which also, what is that service that allows people to upgrade for free on the Xbox Series X? What's that called? Oh God! You would ask me that. Not share play. Let me look it up. But I mean, like, obviously, this technology is available, or at least something similar is available for the PS5, and Sony has allowed this. I mean, I, I grant that it's not a Sony first-party game; um, it's a Ubisoft game. But I mean, is this kind of like opening the door for Sony to allow similar technology on their console? Well, uh, okay. As I'm looking this up, I'm trying. What the hell is it Something called? Something Cloud? No, you, you're thinking X Cloud, but that's not it. Uh, all right, let, let me just say this, and then I'll, I'll go back. Um, what, what left in this article, the next paragraph of this oh, article Oh, Smart is, Delivery. So, uh, Xbox Series X Smart Delivery. Thank you. Thank you for looking that up. Uh, Square Enix also announced that Avengers will support cross-generation play between PlayStation and Xbox consoles, meaning PlayStation 5 people can play with PlayStation 4, and Series X people can play with Xbox One people, and players will also be able to transfer their saves between current and next-gen consoles. Horses ass, I said so, Ubisoft and it's Square Enix. Square Enix publishes this damn game. <laughs> um, 
And I didn't even catch that because I was looking, actually looking at Square Enix. Someone will listen to this show and catch it and give me shit on Facebook, which is fine. But um, I realize I'm wrong, so I apologize. It's Square Enix. So, I, I mean, I know, Yield, you said that if you start playing it on the 4, you're not going to finish it on the 5. But this game has also been announced uh, that they're going to have a big, robust multiplayer. So if this, if you were to get this Avengers game and somehow get hooked onto the multiplayer, when eventually you do get your five, you could just easily just take your ch- your save over and continue playing, continue playing. that yeah. way. Yeah. So let me ask, totally unrelated to this conversation, but it is Marvel related. Go ahead. What do you think of the gameplay trailer? Because I, I know like I, I know you're super excited for it, and Alex and I are kind of like, we'll just wait and see. I mean, I I liked it. I think that obviously, you know, there are uh, things that I'd like to see differently. Um, they but they they announced all the costumes, all the uh, upgrades, and the ultimates and stuff like that. Obviously, I'm a big Avengers guy. You guys know that. Uh, I've been hyped for this game from the initial announcement. What was it? Four years ago, when we saw nothing other than, you know, their weapons in a like a slow motion trailer. I, I, I'm very intrigued in playing it. I want to play it. Uh, I liked it. Do I think things can look better? Yes. Um, but, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna, I, obviously, I'm going to get it. I was... I liked how they were showing where the story was kind of going to go. You know? Uh, Not to the, cut you off, Alex, but I actually said smart delivery in the article we're reading. All I had to do was scroll down. Uh, a little, a little concerned, I guess, that they're not using, you know, the main group of Avengers necessarily as your focus point. It seems, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed, but I, I guess I, I understand it. But I don't know why. But watching that trailer, I don't know if it's because we've talked about the characters aren't going to look like the movies. We get well, that. obviously, but there there was something watching the trailer that I'm just like something doesn't feel right, and I don't know why. I, I can't put my finger on it. It's just something didn't feel right. I I will say that the 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 what they showed in the gameplay trailer um did feel a little repetitive. Oh, yeah. like gameplay wise. Well, it was you Defeat jump this on this guy. Re- repeat. Yeah. Well, it's you, you do this. You got to go into the force field. You got to take this out. You, you come. You come out. You get. You beat a couple of guys. You go into a force field. You take that out. And then, but I do like uh, uh, Thor's ultimate, which was the bring the Bifrost in and destroy the unbeatable thing. I thought that was really fucking cool. But again, leading up to that, it did seem very repetitive, and. Like, repetitive stuff in games generally don't bother me. Because, like, when you're playing games like Mad Max or you're playing the Frozen Wilds, it's... Or not the Frozen Wilds, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, the missions can tend to be a little bit repetitive. But that's never really bothered me. This, in your gameplay trailer, you're already showing repetitiveness. Makes me wonder what the rest of the game's going to be like. Now, granted, this could have just been an isolated incident, that being that they were on a hell carrier, but that's the way I felt. Okay. I just wanted your take on it. 
Because so, I know uh, you're, you're more pumped for it than we are. Uh, next thing we have, which got got a little bit of a hate on uh, a <laughs> Facebook group when bye, I posted this. Bye, bye, yeah, bye. Uh, so long, Facebook, ready at dawn. Facebook nice has you. Facebook has acquired developer Ready at Dawn. Uh, the studio will now operate under Facebook's Oculus Studios banner, which will continue to develop quote VR content for gamers. Nearly 17 years ago, we embarked on a journey to build a game studio, wrote Ready at Dawn co-founder Re. Where I'm not even gonna try to pronounce his last name. Uh, along the way, we've innovated on genres, experiences, games, platforms. Today, we're excited to join the Facebook family as we open a new chapter in our story and continue our passions. End quote. Yield, you, you're not feeling real uh, sad about losing Ready at Dawn. Uh, well, I'm disappointed that they teamed up with Facebook. I mean, I, I, I mean, prove me wrong. I don't see anything good coming out of this. Oh, I don't either. But I, I mean, I, I mean, they're they're they're, they're going to get swallowed up by something, dissolved. Who knows? Maybe we'll get, maybe we'll get fed some kind of fake news inclusions from foreign entities. I don't know. Well, it says the acquisition is not expected to cause layoffs, according to Facebook, as the entire Ready at Dawn team will be joining the Oculus Studios team. Facebook also stressed Ready at Dawn will continue to operate independently with the full support of Facebook and the Oculus Studios team behind them. Uh, Ready at Dawn is currently developing Lone Echo 2, which is expected to release sometime in 2020. This is Facebook's the, the third on, studio. This, this was the surprising part for me. Uh, as far as their recent studio acquisitions, uh, go, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, uh, this is Facebook's third studio acquisition since November. Beat Saber developer Beat Games and Asgard Rats developer Sanzoro Games has also joined Oculus Studios. Well, I guess Sanzoro Games isn't making the next Sly Cooper. Well, and what have we heard from these people since they've joined? You know, this, this from. Uh, well, they just joined well, in November, granted, this so, I mean, that's not like, yeah. a super long time ago. Um, but, like, also, with Ready at Dawn, I mean, after the Order 1886, you know, didn't really set the world on fire, it's possible that they needed this and that no one else was really willing to buy them. I mean, Sony didn't seem like they were ready to buy them, so maybe they needed something like this to keep them afloat. And I will say, I don't care what anybody says, The Order 1886 was a good fucking game. I absolutely agree. It it, it was a good game. Um, it did have some issues, and I think that it did deserve complaints it against it. But um, less so it's the length, foundation more so was the there. promise of fighting like Victorian-era monsters and it being hardly any monsters in the game. That's where my biggest complaint is. But, um, I mean, I can, I, can, I can we talked about this before, but, you know, I understand it was a short game with a lot of cinematics in it, but... There was a lot of promise there, and it's it's disappointing that if you know Sony does own the IP, so Sony can just have somebody else develop it. But I would like to see what Ready to Dawn could do with a sequel to that game, and take all that they learned from the first game and iterate on it into a sequel. But we'll we won't get that. And we and we also got to remember the Order was Ready to Dawn's first console game they ever made. It was their yeah their first original game itself, wasn't it? Because everything else was I, I, like well, them doing like the God of War games for PSP. I think they actually had original games, but I know this. I know for a fact that this was their uh, first console game. Ready at Dawn Games. I've just googled it. Uh, they made <coughs> excuse me. 
The Order, Lone Echo, Deformers, God of War's Chains, uh, Jack and Daxter, Ghost of War, uh, God of War, Ghost of Sparta, Okami, The God of War Origins Collections, Echo Arena, Echo Combat, and Lone Echo 2. Uh, but yeah. So for the most part, uh, they did a bunch of they were they were making uh, handheld versions of games for the console that had already been established, like God of War, correct. Jack and Daxter, all that. Yeah, I'm I'm just I'm just looking. Uh, yeah, they okay. Uh, in order of release, they made Dak Daxter, uh, which I guess is Jack and Daxter. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just an an adventure game for Daxter himself, himself like a platformer. God of War, Change of Olympus, that was made for the PSP. Okami, they made it for the Wii. Ghost of, uh, God of War, Ghost of Sparta, and Origins Collections, they've made for the PSP and the PS3. The Order was their first console game for the PlayStation 4. So again, that was their, uh, was that their first original game? That was their first original game, according to Wikipedia. And then they came out with Deformers, which came out on the PS4, uh, PC, and Xbox One. And then every game after that was for the Oculus Rift, which was Lone Echo, Echo Arena, Echo Combat, and Lone Echo, which is still to be released. And that's a VR game, isn't it? Lone Echo? Uh, yeah, like, all, all the Rift games are VR games. So it seems like they wanted to step away from the big console, console-esque console games after the order. Yep. Which is such a bummer because they they I feel there was a great foundation there and they had they left it open for a sequel. Well, unfortunately, one one kind of one misstep can can sink you if you know if your game doesn't hit. All right, speaking of not hitting, apparently Mixer did not hit with the streaming crowd. Well, when you're entrenched like against you're going up against entrenched services like you know people watching YouTube all the time or Twitch, which is a, a absolute Goliath, you know. How do you expect Which is owned to by Amazon. Uh, Microsoft is shutting down Mixer and will now partner with Facebook Gaming. Microsoft has announced that it will be shutting down Mixer on July 22nd and will redirect all Mixer sites and apps to Facebook Gaming. The news was announced as, uh, on the Xbox Wire with Microsoft admitting that, quote, it became clear that the time needed to grow our own live stream community to scale was out of measure with the vision and experiences we want to deliver to gamers now, end quote. Microsoft made the decision to transition all its streamers to Facebook gaming if they choose, meaning that those who signed exclusive deals, namely Ninja and Shroud, will be able to return to Twitch or continue on to Facebook gaming. King Glion also announced that was exclusive to Mixer, announced he will be joining Facebook Gaming and will begin streaming on Facebook Gaming on June 24, 2020, which obviously is, has already happened. While it's yet unclear where Ninja and Shroud will be going, uh, Richard Lewis said the sources familiar with the, the deal have informed that while Facebook Gaming did try and negotiate with their big partners, both Shroud and Ninja opted out. They have received their full payments, and as of midnight yesterday, uh, Again, sorry, pass. Uh, we're they are free to engage in talks with other platforms. Game on. I have no idea who the fuck those people are. Okay, Ninja, uh, you is a moron. You, okay, Ninja. In my opinion, but I, I, I'm not, I'm not a. Well, Twitch his name is just person. Ninja. So, like, if if you're gonna create well, a username for your fucking self, you're gonna have an online identity. Don't have it just be Ninja. Show some more fucking creativity. Okay, well, first of all, let, let's 
slow down a sec. I know you two guys are not in the streaming scene. Nope. But Ninja got his, like, he had already a big following. He blew up overnight, and you guys might remember us covering the story in which Drake dropped into a, game, a Fortnite game of Ninja in which blew up the streaming community, and that's how he became really popular. So he became really popular because someone who was famous came into his stream or came into his game. Well, he was already popular, but now he went over-the-top popular. While details... You mean and he then, became relevant uh, popular. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay, that's fair, that's fair enough. Um, now, we were talking about uh, just, just using Ninja... Because I, I, I never really uh, follow Trout at all. Ninja also made news because he was the most popular, uh, the most sub-two person on Twitch. And then he, when Mixer came out, he did a LeBron James-style press conference a video and said in which he was taking his talents to Mixer. Oh, what a twat. Now, See? you're not LeBron. Al- Get Al- the fuck out of here. Al- Alex is getting it. Okay, now... With all that being said, while the details of his Mixer deal was never fully public, it was rumored that he signed an exclusive deal with Mixer for the tune of $30 million. In which he gave up streaming on Twitch to go to Mixer. Now, with Mixer closing, and according to this article, they have received their full payments... And as of midnight yesterday, they were free to engage in talks with other platforms. That means Mixer or or Ninja reportedly now has $30 million in his bank account and can go back to Twitch where he became popular and made all his money. The downside to this is, I don't know if you guys remember, but we also covered that story, is that once Ninja left Twitch and went to Mixer, Twitch apparently... uh, uh, Hosted porn on his on his page. <laughs> what was it? Any good? And it, it was like seventies style porn. Oh, so big bush um, and all that. Yeah, <laughs> but but he but can you blame Twitch for that? Is the question because what they did was I I I know again I know you guys are in motion, but let's say. I was streaming and yield is streaming at the same exact time. When I get done with my stream, I have an option to host yield. So if I have a hundred people watching me on my page, my Twitch page itself, I type in uh, host I yield to no one, and then people can watch yield stream on my page, and then obviously they can click over the yields page. Oh yeah, streaming that Ghostbusters remake or remake. Yeah. yeah. I so ain't afraid what, of no ghosts. So what? what Who are you gonna when, call, Tricky? So what happened when uh, the porn was put on there is because of how popular Ninja was, Twitch was using his page to host other people. It just so happened that the people that they were hosted on Twitch uh, Ninja's page at the time decided to break their community guidelines and stream porn. So. Well, this is a mess. Uh, uh, so, you know, they're obviously a big deal. I personally think that uh, Ninja is probably the, uh, not going to go to Twitch and he's going to go to YouTube. Okay, first of but, all, it is fucking ridiculous that that guy paid, got paid $30 million, if that is how much he got paid. 
if he got paid more than a thousand dollars to stream on Twitch, that's ridiculous. I, I realize that Twitch is huge and game streaming is huge and like these people have huge followings. But the fact that that dude got paid so much fucking more than a teacher or an EMT or a fireman, that is fucking absurd. Well, again... And it's not just an issue with Twitch or Mixer or Facebook gaming. It's, sorry, I'm, I'm all Grandpa ranty, but that's a huge problem in our society as a whole. Well, again, unconfirmed, but if you looked at how many subs he had, uh, they said he was averaging half a million dollars a month streaming on Twitch, and that was not including... The tips he was receiving. Here's a tip. Spend so your was, money better. Be smarter with your so fucking he, money. So he was... Uh, arguably, he was already making $6 million a year just streaming on Twitch. Fucking ridiculous. Right, but uh, I get your point, and I don't I don't disagree with you. I'm hearing echo. Okay, echo's gone. Nope, it's back. Okay, there you go. I hit something by accident. No, no, no. I, I just didn't know if it was an echo. Um, while I don't disagree with you, Alex, in saying that him making that kind of money is, you know, gross when you look at salaries of people, you have to remember, he was making that money, but people were only paying him. Like, each individual person was paying him $5. He just amassed that much of an audience that all those $5 added up to half a million dollars. Just to watch somebody play video games. Play Fortnite! <laughs> And, 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 like, I watch videos of him. I think he's a total douchebag. That's what I don't get. He, I, I, what little I've seen of the guy, I'm like, how is he this popular? But whatever. To each his own. Uh, now, what, what I didn't post in this, because we don't have any real details, is uh, you guys remember Dr. Doctor Disrespect. No. It, what? Who is Dr. Disrespect? Okay, he, doc- well, he doesn't have a home anymore. Dr. Disrespect uh, was the gamer that won Trending Gamer after Greg Miller the, the next year. He's also the same guy that was banned on Twitch for two weeks because he live-streamed from the bathrooms at E3. Oh, that uh, was a dude that got kicked out of E3? That's Yes, that's Dr. Disrespect. Uh, now, without reason and without anybody saying why, it appears that Dr. Disrespect has been permanently banned on Twitch. But nobody knows why. And well, all there was that one time at band camp. All Twitch has said is that they, they take uh, violations of their community guidelines very seriously. But if you watch the last stream, which you cannot do anymore because Twitch has essentially deleted his entire page, all videos on demand, all clips, his presence ever on Twitch is gone. But people have obviously have uh, the video. Uh, if you watch that video, there's nothing he does in that video that shows him violating any terms of service. But during the last five minutes of the video, you know, he's actually in character. And then he's watching a video, I don't know why, of somebody playing hide-and-seek inside of Roblox. And you see him look down, preferably to look at something on his phone. And people are speculating that he got a message stating that this is going to be his last stream on Twitch and that he's going to be permanently banned because when he looks back up, he's very somber. He's not in character anymore. It's He's very, like, it looks like he's about to cry. He signs off, and the second he signs off, his page goes into a permanent ban. 
So, but now he can't like he doesn't have Mixer to go to, so he has to go to either uh, Facebook or he has to go to YouTube. But all his YouTube videos are up. It's just really weird. And uh, somebody made a comment, and I, I, I like. They do, they think he violated something in the past, and now because of the cancer culture, that he's now being uh, erased from the internet, so to speak, because of something he did in the past. I'm not defending Doctor Disrespect. I never was a fan of him. I think it was real shitty what he did at E3. But oh, yeah, it's a huge violation of people's privacy. I, absolutely, and I'm not. I but if, if you I'm go in tired. anywhere and there's a camera in the bathroom, you should leave that fucking bathroom immediately. A- absolutely but I'm just I'm personally getting tired of things that people did in the past coming back and now you can't do be anything. A, a, you can't be a good human being now because you made a mistake 10 20 years ago and it's now coming back in your path it, uh, uh, like just for example the whole thing with NASCAR and Bubba Wallace that whole situation uh, when the news came out, everybody was uh, like, fuck those guys. They should be, uh, the guys that are responsible should be found and prosecuted and all this other stuff. Then it comes out that it, it wasn't what everybody thought it was. It was just a way to pull down the garage and it's been there for a year. And then everybody's like, well, fuck Bubba Wallace for, you know, creating mass hype and, you know, all this, uh, negativity because now because he, he's a black guy that we got to turn around. And we have to take what he says seriously. And, and then, you know, this is another uh, Jesse Somalt situation. Like, that whole situation just pisses me off because, like, I, I think it's very important for us, obviously, to get the news out there and whatnot. But in the case of, like, Bubba Wallace, it should have been kept inside until they confirmed the details because you created mass panic for no reason. And when you find out that Bubba Wallace never even saw the rope... At all, you know, everybody's crucifying Bubba Walls for creating a fake story, but he had nothing to do with it. It was a crew member that found it and overreacted. That's my little rant. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. It, it, it this whole cancel culture. If, if you're a scumbag, you're a scumbag. Period. End of story. But if you're a good human being now. And you made a mistake in your past. It should not fuck up your life now. Go on. Say, hey, I was young. I was stupid. I was ignorant. I moved on. I'm not that person anymore. And that's the way it should be. But the problem is the public society turns around and says, nope, you were an asshole then. You're obviously still an asshole now. It's simply not true. Until it happens to them. Correct. I'm sorry. I got my little soapbox. Let's say, are, are you good? I it just it just, no, just pisses me off. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. You're you're not alone. <sighs> I and I promise I wasn't gonna bring a bubble walls on this show. I swear to God I wasn't gonna do it. All right. Are you are you uh, better now? I, I'm sorry, what? Are you better now? No, I'm not better okay. now. Okay, okay. Do, do you at least feel a little better? No, you know why? Because tomorrow's gonna be another situation like this. Well, I'm sure it's gonna be like this all year, man. We're going to, we're just going to try and top what we did the day before. <coughs> All right. Uh, Tomorrow we're going to ban to... the sun because it's too bright. <laughs> All right. Uh, Alice, if you could do me a favor, lead into our topic of the week. Because uh, I want to go smoke a cigarette real quick. 
Boy, howdy, I sure as hell love those Batman as Arkham games. Yes. And you know, you, you know who was behind that it was Rocksteady. And, uh, right, I'll, I'll, I'll go it now. No, nah, dude, well, you, you gotta stay here. You told me to yet. lead into it, I just led into it. Alright, well, you can, you can deal with that. Fumble! <laughs> that was a pretty good handoff. Running back dropped it. Uh, well, uh, so... I'll let Tricky get into this, this spiel because I don't like reading articles. I like just giving you the fucking facts. But... It is believed that Rocksteady... Again, the developers of the first three Batman Arkham games. Very, very good games. Well, the first two. I can't vouch for the third because I didn't play that. But it's rumored that they are working on another video game based on a DC property. This one being The Suicide Squad. Yield, are you familiar with The Suicide Squad? Uh, only from the movie trailers. Basically a group of, of villains that... Uh, Do good. Come together and, you know, in some cases, or at least in the... I hadn't heard much of them until I saw the movie years back. I guess it's about four years ago now. Um, you know, uh, but I but basically, in the, at least in that instance, a bunch of villains that come together, a bunch of narrative wells who actually come together and, and do some good. So. Yield, how do you feel about Rocksteady changing from focusing on one superhero and going to a team of villains because it is well, suggested I mean, th- that uh, uh, and this is coming from Eurogamer um, from the article the London studio has been working on the project for years and the Suicide Squad killed the Justice League domain is potentially the game's full title as well as summation of its content so obviously if you are playing a game as the suicide squad you're going to need a team of heroes to go up against and in the D- the world of dc the avengers like group is of course the justice league of which batman is a part of sorry yield i i, I took away your spotlight i took away your microphone Bat- ba- batman's awesome um i don't mind a group of of bad guys, you know, especially DC has some very interesting ones. So I, I, I'm just, I'm intrigued by it. I mean, Rocksteady did a really good job with the Arkham games. I haven't played, uh, what was the fourth one? Night. I haven't played Night yet. Was that the third or the but fourth I, one? Because Origins, well, I guess Origins well, was developed okay. by WB so, and not Rocksteady. Yeah, so... Rocksteady did Asylum, City, and Night. Origins was, yeah, it was done by somebody else. WB Montreal. Yes. So, you know, Asylum and City were amazing games. City, to me, is still the peak of the Arkham series. I love that game. That's, no, that was Night. Arkham Knight was the best game. How dare you, sir? Well, I don't know. Like I said, I haven't played that game, so I can't vouch for it. But I did enjoy City more than Asylum. I see, and I enjoyed. I haven't played Night yet, but I enjoyed Asylum more than City. That's just <laughs> yeah. When it, when, it, when it comes to Levi, Levi, I was like, "What's the best game?" And then you got Alex saying City, you got Yield saying Asylum, and I'm going Night. And he's like, Night. "Okay, I, yeah. guess, all, all, I guess all three are game. <laughs> all three are covered." Well, can, can we agree <laughs> that City had the best boss fights? No, absolutely not. It's Knight been really with it, with it, Clayface uh, and Solomon Grundy. The the only reason Night gets a bad rap. Is because of the car combat. Is because of the the Batmobile. That's it. Other than that, it is 
hands down the best game. And well, if you have a problem with the Batmobile, I understand your frustrations. I personally love the Batmobile. Well, I haven't played it yet, so I can't give any comments on it. Uh, all right, so obviously you went into the, all the, the news already. I mean, kind of. I, I kind of... Uh, he hit the highlights. I hit the highlights and, and talked about um, how the... Uh, the, the potential title of it and the fact that they're working on a Suicide Squad game and kind of giving a little background on the Suicide Squad. Very very rudimentary background on the Suicide Squad. Uh, I'll say that as a group, the Suicide Squad, they've got uh, they've got some real um, they got some really cool villains a lot uh, with seemingly interesting backstories and then they've got some really shitty hangers-on that are kind of like dingleberries after you take a shit. It's like, why the fuck are you here? Um, well, but like, again, they're like there are some cooler ones. Um, Deadshot being one of those. Harley Quinn is obviously a part of that, and Tricky loves Harley Quinn. Hell yeah. Killer Croc is, you know, say what you want about Killer Croc, but he's a cool villain. He's a giant crocodile yes, man, he so he's he, pretty he, fucking he terrifying. Die in the fire. Despite the fact they made him a complete laughing sock in the Suicide Squad movie, he looked fucking awful. But uh, El Diablo, I think, is another one of them. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of Boomerang. He's pretty stupid. But, uh, I mean, yeah, they've got some cool villains. They've got some, some downers there. But overall, as a team, it's a very interesting dynamic. And I think it's far enough removed from Batman himself. Like, I didn't want to see them do another Batman game. I want to see Rocksteady do something else. And if, you know, their wheelhouse is in, like, comic book properties, then at least, you know, them stepping to a team-based game with villains as opposed to a solo Batman adventure, like, that's far enough away from me to be satisfied. And I think the Suicide Squad is an interesting group that deserves like a little bit more spotlight and we need to expound upon them more and maybe Rocksteady is the perfect person to do that because as you know I thought the movie started off really well but it kind of fell apart towards the end so I think the Suicide Squad deserves more than that well here's my question like obviously it's been I think we established what it was it five years since Arkham Knight came out why haven't we gotten an announcement about what the hell they're working on and that also worries me because they haven't even announced the game, and generally they announce a game a year, sometimes two years ahead before it gets released. So just going on, you know, the norms, let's say they announce this game tomorrow. That's still a seven years in between titles. Okay, well, that's... Team Eco. I mean, we saw how long it took them to get uh, The Last Guardian out. I realize that's an extreme well, situation. But, yeah. it, you know, you hear people all the time. It's like a double-edged sword for developers. It's like, well, we want you guys to reveal this trailer when the game is far enough in development where we can expect it within a year or so. But, you know, and then, or if you, they hear nothing about a game, they're like, well, why the, guy, why the hell aren't you all speaking up? Why can't we hear about what your, your next game is, even if you just confirm the title? Obviously, this is a situation where Rocksteady is working on something that they are tight-lipped about, and they are only going to show it when they have enough to show or when they feel comfortable enough to show it. And if that means, you know, we don't see it for seven years or eight years until it's a year out or six months out, I mean, that's fine. Like, don't – I think that a lot of people would have an issue with them dangling a carrot in front of us and being like, well, yeah, this is two, three years out. We, we, we don't have enough really, but we just want to show you guys something so you were sated. Yeah, but see, they, they did that with the Avengers game. They came out with the trailer, and then we didn't hear anything for three years. Would they, you, would when you they prefer announced that approach? Yeah, at least let us know what you're working on because that creates some kind of a hype. No, because the, then, like, it, you lose interest over time. Like, how many no, times no, did no, we no. hear about The Last Guardian and updates on that game? And then it got to the point where it's like, man, 
Like, I'm, I'm starting to lose interest in this game because I just don't care whether it comes out or not. No, no. What I'm saying is what 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 you come out, if I, if I was Rocksteady, I would come out and say, yes, we're making a Batman Court of Owls game. And then I would shut the fuck up. I would not say another word because I don't remember... I don't remember the exact quote, and I don't remember who else said it, but they said it's better to stay quiet. It, it, I'm trying to remember the quote. If people think you're stupid, it's better to stay quiet than to open your mouth and prove them right. You turn around and you say, "Batman, we're making Batman Court of Owls." That creates a hype, and then everybody in on their own curates their own hype and that's what keeps it alive but when you come out and you say okay we're making a court of owls game and then six months later you show this and then six months later you show that and it, it just overall is people turning around going well okay 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 that's what they did with the last guardian they came out with the last guardian and said well yeah we're making the last guardian game here's your trailer and then they kept delaying it that's what killed the hype for the last guardian you come out and you say Rocksteady, who's already a proven commodity in making Batman games, comes out and says, yes, we're making another Batman game. It's called Court of Owls. We'll tell you more when, when we're ready. And then shut up and, but at least let us know what the hell you're working on. Now, all hype is dying out because nobody knows what the hell's going on. Come out, say what you're working on, and then leave. I'd be happy with that. Again, I'm on my soapbox again. I don't know. Show us when you're ready. Don't. I don't think you need to dangle. I just don't think you need to dangle that carrot there for three, four years if you're not ready. If you don't think that the game's gonna be done by then, or if you don't look have what they did to with show. the la- look what they did with the Last of Us. Sean Lane came on stage and says, "Yeah, we're, we got one more thing to show you. It's very pre-alpha. They came out with that the Ellie trailer where her playing the guitar, and that was perfect." They announced what they were, what was being coming, and then they shut the hell up. And then we didn't hear anything for, I think it was a year and a half after that. That was perfect. Create the buzz and walk away. Yield, how do you feel? If you're going to come out with a game that early, yes. Show just enough to get people excited. And then, dead quiet. People keep asking you about it. That it's yeah, we're doing that. And and or, or don't even go anywhere where they can ask you. Just lock yourself in the studio. Um. Other than that, if you're going to come out with a like a full blown trailer and stuff like that, then you better be ready in a year or shortly thereafter because yeah you're gonna people are gonna lose interest because you you showed everything in a trailer and then if you haven't shown anything tidbits here and there leading up to your initial release date and then all of a sudden a year goes by and oh remember that really awesome game we showed you last year yeah we 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 pushed it off it starts to lose its, you know, what that really cool thing you showed me starts to die off. In my opinion. 
All right. Uh, we are running long again, obviously. Uh, so we're going to go into our Facebook questions, and then we're going to close out the show. Uh, let's not – let's answer the questions, but let's not, you know, rabble on a little bit. Uh, Levi says, is it better for a man to admit he's wrong or die on the hill? So apparently, It depends on the hill. Well, he's referring to the fact of our argument last week between Crash and Spyro, which people still are not getting my argument. I don't think we need to delve into it, but there is a poll with on Facebook with many, many responses. And which, which you cannot take into consideration because 90% of those votes were made before they heard the show. Oh, bullshit. Uh, listen, I will, con- I, will, I will concede the fact that you won the poll. But I'm just simply saying that poll is not very accurate. Oh, because get they- out of here. Again, like, how badly do you have to get whipped in a poll and in a discussion for you to admit that you were Be- wrong? Because the people that are voting are not voting on the argument. Yes, they are. First of all, no, people. I guarantee a lot of those people that listen <coughs> to the show, and obviously no one changed their vote. Yield here is I- on my side. Andrew went and posted a very, like, within the last day, posted a very well-thought-out response, and he's on my side. But he also did not understand the argument. Tricky. Okay. Every, let's, no, let's, listen, okay. listen, we're not going to go into it. But the problem with this argument, the problem with this discussion, is people are voting on popularity and not what I said. Very simply, this is my argument. And I'm just going to ask you this one simple question, Alex, and then we'll le- we'll let it go until we can, because uh, actually somebody wants to do a PG spoilers on this. It's funny. Um, I will ask you this one simple question, and don't just give one answer. When it came to Skylanders, why didn't they choose Crash? Because Crash was marketable on his own, and they didn't need something else to prop him up like they needed for Spyro. I think it's like what I said. Spyro. If if you're marketing for children or the younger generation, I shouldn't say children, the younger generation, then Spyro was your way to go because that was the thing they remembered. If you're going for more us, Crash is the way to go because we remember the whole Crash, the Sony versus Nintendo. Okay, so. Okay, okay, well, hold uh, on. You, you wanted me to respond. Let me respond. Get, I'll say this. Dad. Sony marketed crash bandicoot up against mario their debut console the playstation they marketed crash against the biggest icon in gaming mario now as far as skylanders goes everyone calls it skylanders because skylanders while it had the initial game had spyro attached in name to it skylanders has become so much bigger than spyro and has swallowed up spyro to the point where people say skylanders no one says skylanders and spyro or Spyro's Adventures in Skylanders is just Skylanders. So and Skylanders itself is a separate franchise that just has Spyro in it, and the characters my- and the franchise itself and the Toys of Life theme is far bigger than Spyro. And you're proving my point. No, I'm not. I'm not. Spyro yes, you- is... Oh, okay, oh. Skylanders... Okay, let me ask you a question that you didn't answer. Let- Can no, I no, finish no, no, my hold on. I, answer- I asked you a question yeah. on Facebook, and you yeah. didn't answer it. What, what game series, aside from Call of Duty, name two game series that Activision is putting more support behind right now than Crash Bandicoot? That's not a fair How question. How is that not a fair question? 
because you're talking about right now only because they just announced Crash Four. Okay, ask me that. Ask me that question in a year. No, no, no. When tricky. they announced Spyro in Four, in the last four then, years there have been four Crash new Crash Bandicoot games to come out. Well, the trilogy and that's, the CTR. But again, that's not a that's not a fair question. How is that not a fair question? It's not a fair question because it makes you look bad. No, it's not a fair question. Yield, because yield, in is the that last a fair question? Four, can, can I can I finish my statement? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yield, is that a fair question? No, no. Before you before yield answers, let me finish my statement. It's not a fair comparison because you're taking the the unique situation that they've announced a trilogy for Crash. They released a, a a trilogy for Spyro, and now you're taking on the fact that they just announced a Crash Four game to say, well, Activision's putting their money behind the four games, but. Wait one year until they announce Spyro 4, and then go, I can ask you the same question. Who's Activision putting their money behind now? Is it Crash or is it Spyro? And it's the same answer, but it's not a fair question. Okay, Crash had more games on the win part of Sony on the PS PlayStation. It had more sales. We said we weren't going to get into this. Yeah, but okay. But also, again, in the last four years, there have been four Crash games including a mobile game and there haven't there's only been one Spyro game and outside of Skylanders there's been three Spyro games huh there's been three Spyro okay, games okay what were they the trilogy that's not three okay then there's been six crash games what what six crash games are you talking about the trilogy about? that's three uh the mobile game uh, crash 4 and Cr- the mobile crash game team doesn't count the mobile game it does absolutely not count. counts it does not it count. Absolutely, it's a crash. It's, t- it's a Crash Bandicoot game on mobile on a different platform. That wasn't even thing. advertised, and the only reason you know here's, about here's it the is because okay. some data miner on IGN found okay, it. Okay, Tricky, you will just not admit you're wrong. I'm going to say something. Yield's going to say something, and then we're moving on. Crash oh my God. on the PlayStation had more games, better sales, and was more heavily marketed, including commercials, than Spyro. Activision right, since. I- Getting both licenses has made more Crash games, has made consistently more Crash games, and has had made more Crash games recently than Spyro. Their strategy is clearly Call of Duty and Spyro or Crash Bandicoot heavy. Okay, I, so I, you figure I, 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 that I, 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 if Activision is putting out more Crash games and putting more money behind Crash, that is the more marketable thing because that's the thing they're marketing more. Yield, sir. What is your final Trick, opinion on this? Tr- tricky. Your best bet right now. Is to go underground and start an underground movement. I'm just saying. Thank you. All right. No, no, no. no. All right, we, we are done with this no, no, because no. if you remember, yes, we are done Levi we are done. commented in our thread that okay. we tend to go on these. We we go from one all show right. to the next with these right. half an hour discussions. We have set our all piece right. on this. All I'm going to say is I'm not going to argue with Yield, uh, Alex and Yield right now. But there is a PG spoilers being made on this topic, which I think is funny. If you want to get involved, just let me know, and I will get you into the conversation. I've said everything I need to say. The the Trophy Horse community has said everything they need to say, and the support is overwhelmingly in favor of Crash. Because they don't understand the argument. Mark Duplex says, you will not not admit defeat. No, you don't even understand the argument. That's... I'm moving on. Mark you can't do the truth. All I'm gonna say is two or three hosts yields on my side. So where the poll and or neither on the show, one of you guys understand my argument. Never mind. I'm moving on. Moving Mark on. says, "What type of game do you all want to see Naughty Dog make next?" Assuming they're working on a new new IP. Obviously, they're making a new IP. Um, I, 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 I really don't care. Naughty Dog has proven to me over and over again that they make good games. I trust their judgment. 
Uh, I think that because they do story and character so well, that because of their storytelling ability, I want to see a single-player story-driven game. I don't want to see them get more heavily into multiplayer. I mean, I'm not offended if they want to, you know, include multiplayer in their next game, but I want something not necessarily the same as Uncharted or in the vein of The Last of Us, but just give me another um, game where I can just dive into a world of storytelling with different characters and a different world, and I can just get sucked in. Just give me that. Yield? Uh, kind of what Alex said. Just just give me a really good story-driven game. Uh, because, because Levi. It, it would be hard to say, I want them to make this game. All, all that we've known him for for the last... 15 years is Uncharted and Last of Us. Right. Levi says, will con- will the console wars render PC gaming obsolete? With the rumored 2070 superpower in a $500 to $600 console, why would gamers continue to build $1,500 plus PCs with comparable power? Uh, Levi, I'm going to answer this very simply, and uh, I don't know if Alex and Yoda are going to agree with me, but PC gaming is already obsolete. Because I'm seeing assholes that are going out and building $3,000 PCs because they want to play games, and they're still playing with a controller. If you're going to play with a controller, just shut your ass down, buy a fucking console, whatever the one you want, PlayStation or Xbox, and move the fuck on. Stop wasting $2,400 of your money on something that you're never going to use other than play TurboTax. I was going to say that maybe we should just invite Kali on just simply for this, this question. I just finished. I just answered okay. that question. I, 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 I didn't. Because of, yes, PC gaming is expensive, but because of the customization that goes into it and the number of games that you can play and not necessarily having to worry so much about, like, exclusives and all that, uh, and, of course, Steam being a huge platform for PCs, PC's not going anywhere soon. I mean, people who play yeah. people who play PC, they are willing to put the money in, and they, you know, they see that as, you know, being able to, you know, switch out graphics cards and, you know, build a new PC or upgrade their PC. I mean, they see it as worth it, and they, obviously, the the kind of intensive games they can play and, like, the tech that their their cons- or their PC can run, like, obviously, that, that to them is better than what they get on a console. So, I mean, the PC Master Race, like, it's, it's not a joke. Those people have been around for a long, long time, and they will remain. And, you know, it, like, PC gaming has been here for so long, and it's so entrenched that... It's I I just don't see any way that console gaming can kill it off. If console gaming hasn't killed it off yet, it's not going to. I'll, Especially I'll since you know, as people have made the point, consoles themselves are becoming more like PCs. I will answer this by also saying I saw a meme where it said my three thousand dollar PC is better than your six hundred dollar console, and the next uh, the next panel says, yeah, but is your PC three thousand dollars? End of story. Moving on. Whoa, next whoa, question. whoa, whoa. I don't oh, get to I'm, say my piece. I have to leave in eight minutes, and I still have not yet changed. <laughs> go oh. Ahead. So go ahead, what Yield. I, what I was go- just going to say was I'll go back to say what I said uh, a few, several episodes ago. Give it a year, two tops, and PC will put out something more powerful than either of these consoles that are going on. So and then two years, after, two years after that, the consoles will put out something more powerful than a PC. Yeah, they'll put out some pro version. Okay, now, as for console wars, the console wars have been dead for years. The only, the only way that they actually still are going on is for... Fanboyism. Shit, shits and giggles and fanboyism. Um, most of us anymore own multiple consoles. To me, the console wars died years ago. 
Moving yeah. on. Moving on. Uh, Jeff Hanna says, is it worth upgrading to Pyline 3.8 for the Walrus operator and data classes? Yes. Absolutely. I have no idea what he's asking. You know, <laughs> I, I love how you uh, you forgot Levi's first comment. Is it better for a man to admit he's wrong or die on a hill? I, I say, did. I said it depends on what hill. Yeah. Well, that's I extra love for to, Levi there. I, I have to know what hill. That was... That's what started me and you arguing back and forth, me asking that question. Uh, well, still, extra love for Levi. I just want to make sure Levi Fuck. gets his due on this ship. Fuck Levi. What does <gasps> uh, that icon next to Homer's name mean? Is he brewing coffee? He's a conversation starter. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, uh, that's, that's, he's doing that right now. Uh, actually, is it a conversation starter? Yeah, it's conversation started. He says Rocket League is getting to have an event starting June 30th. Great time for some community game nights. Hint, hint. Uh, Homer. He wants to team are, up. I, he wants to Voltron this shit. I, I am working on doing some gamer nights, including Rocket League. Oh, all right. you're all going to be hurting. Uh, Where'd you come from? All right. You will need to shut up and do a shout out. So, shout out to the community. Great conversation. It's awesome that you sided with the right side oh, Jesus of the Christ. show. Why are you trying to antagonize me? Because you're letting me. You know what? I'm about to leave because I have to go to work and I have to leave in six minutes and I still haven't even got my uniform on yet. I need to go to bed. I gotta be at work in the morning. Anyway, so shout out to the community. You guys are awesome. Uh, shout out to Tricky and Alex for showing up recording tonight. Uh, actually talked me into recording because I was going to play hooky. Um, Shout out to Blue Isle Studios. The Valley was a fun game. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, we'll, we'll, call it a sh- we'll call it it. That's it. We'll call it shout outs. Moving Alex, on. Alex, your shout outs. want to give a shout out to the listeners, the fans, the fuel to the fire that is struck yours. Thank you all for your continued support and to push the show to even greater heights. Uh, you guys are the reason the show is still going. You guys are the reason that we are on so many different avenues where you can listen. So, again, we are eternally grateful for your all's love and attention and continued support. A shout-out to Yield and Tricky for listening, and a shout-out to the uh, the people, the 25 people who backed Crash in the poll this week on the uh, the Show for Horrors podcast page. 20, Last but not 22. least, to give a shout-out to uh, my loving girlfriend, Ashley. I love you, honey. Don't lie to them. Who, it was only 22. I do also want to point out that Ashley is the one who showed me the Push Square article. She sent it to me and said we should talk about this on the show about Naughty Dog's accessibility options in The Last of Us Part 2. So she is the one who found that for us. I want to give a shout-out to the goddess. Uh, shout-out to Sweet Mama D, who are currently in the living room playing Minecraft Dungeons. Shout-out to the listeners. Shout-out to everybody. Uh, so... If there's nothing else, until next week, happy trophy hunting. Tricky's got to get dressed real fast. Tricky's wrong. That's a given. Shush. Oh, come on. Come on, drop that sweet beat on me. Give me that music.
The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines. Five seconds of silence. Five, four, three, three two, two, one. Trick, you got to go to work. One forty-four twenty-three.